Yeah, I love that song. I recognize <laughs> that band. Thank you, buddy. Hey, so uh, here we are. We're at uh, we're at Sticky Paw Studios again, and I think it's been two weeks now, number six, and I have had a blast. This has been quite the journey right now, bringing in my friends, bringing in people that inspire me. And when asked, what's your podcast about? What What is it? Uh, the name is, you know, it's unique, but what is this about? And this is just a reminder to you out there that you are the hero of your own story, that we're all given these unique gifts and there's a call to action that we tend to refuse most of the time. And then when we take action, that's when it gets exciting. It's that call to adventure. And I'm hoping that each one of my guests, along with my boy behind the controls, running everything, the voice, the, cha the hey, producer hey. Chase, sitting back there, yeah, uh, he and I can actually do something that helps inspire you all. Um, so my guest today is actually a close personal friend. We go way, way back, and I'm really excited to have him. And I say that a lot because I am excited. This is a new adventure for me. I'm doing something out of the norm for me. I like to talk. I like to share my experiences. Dude, you're I like the to tell stories. one, man. Thank you, you brother. You should be interviewing yourself. <laughs> I appreciate that. But uh, this guy right here, I want to introduce him. My name is Brian Hopkins, and this is a Hero's Journey podcast, and we know each other so well that he's jumping in before I could even introduce you, man. It's Steven Stotz. We call him the Stotzer. I love you, dude. I love you, brother. Thanks for being Thanks here. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah. This is exciting. <laughs> yeah, we go way back. Back to uh, a little crap hole apartment in Van Nuys back in uh, 1990, right? In yeah. that era? I thought about this. It was, it was, I thought about that on the drive over here. Uh, we met and... It was crazy because I was a recording artist, but I was not, I had never performed before. I had watched my dad, my brother, my uncle, my cousin all sit around and play. You're doing and TV shows and yeah, I was, I was, and stuff like I was that. an actor yeah. and things like that, but I was not in the music business and you were, and we lived in the same apartment building and the LA riots happened. Yes. <laughs> we were on, era. yeah, we yeah. were on top of the building sitting yeah. there and talking that's, remember, that's when we would do an annual disaster party because every year there was something in LA like floods, floods, slides. We lived slides, right at the flyers, yeah, uh, riots, and so every year we ended up kind of just having by default a, a party because there was some kind of curfew or something we had to be inside from. <laughs> so of course we made the best of it and hung out on the the roof of the the, the building. Where exactly, were we, like, throwing water balloons. At I, as something I don't know. I wasn't. Uh, oh, you yeah. were. No, you were. Our, our, our two lives were a little different when I met. <laughs> You. I think you guys, you were, and I'm, I'm going to tell you guys at home because this guy's journey is insane. Didn't, it, before you lived there, you went to college. Yeah. yeah well, actually I was going to college during, I was finishing college during that experience, which is hard to imagine nowadays because the entire, I remember the entire complex was on acid except for you and I. Like everyone did. So we had to entertain people. I remember going, like, I'm just entertaining people all day long because that's, I was the only one available to do that. But uh, yeah, somehow I, you know, sleeping two hours a night and going crazy and parties every night. And somehow I graduated college somewhere in there. I have no idea how. What college was it? Because so it was California Lutheran University. Okay. So I had first gone to Texas, University of North Texas in Denton and uh, studied my whole 
point early on was doing uh, being a business major and a music theory minor. Because I knew music theory wouldn't do great as a, as a degree, but I just wanted the knowledge. Right. And so I, I'm one of those rare exceptions that early on I kind of knew what I wanted to do as a teenager. I'm like, as soon as I started playing guitar at 12 or 13, I knew I wanted to be a guitar player. But I also knew I loved business and liked the idea of starting my own business. So I literally went to college for it. And then ultimately that's what I did and moved to Los Angeles for. That's awesome. See, I, it was hard to keep up with you back then. <laughs> I knew you were going to school, but you know, most people in, in the area that we lived in, it wasn't a bad area, but it wasn't it was the best bad. area. Yeah, it was pretty bad. You know, uh, it's, it's come up. I think in it was that, us and like Motley Crue that lived in that neighborhood yeah, back in the day. For real. Yeah, even um, when they had money, the uh, Nikki Six like still had a, a house in Van Nuys, yeah, like a mansion right there, there. yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, right around crazy. the corner. Yeah, our our apartment complex wasn't quite as uh, nice as Nikki Six's mansion, I'm sure. <laughs> but but the thing was, the the manager of the building or the manager of whoever was in charge put bars only on your apartment. Yeah, we were really bad <laughs> because it was to keep you in, so that way you could collect the rent and make sure. Yeah, to, I mean, to this day, we have, there's an early dawn song called Wish, and there's a line in there, the bars aren't there to keep you out, they're there to keep me in. And it's a direct reference <laughs> I to that. I didn't know that. Yeah, because we, we were always, you know, we, we had parties, there was like eight of us officially living in this two-bedroom, and we couldn't afford beds, so we just went to floor every night, and that's how we referred to it. And we just kind of just lay down and go to bed. But then there were always like 10 other people that lived there that none of us knew or we thought <laughs> the other people did, but turns out they were just... You know, living, I mean, we don't even know who they were. And so we were throwing parties all the time. We were lighting fires. We had a trash wall because we were too lazy to throw out our trash every week. So we, we just threw it on the wall and burned it once a week. And then one time it got a little out of control and went up into the walls and they had to call the, the fire department. But anyway, we, we just, I, I, remember, just, we just ran. Yeah, we'd run out, yeah. we'd run away when the cops and the manager showed up. Don't do this but, at um, home. Don't do this. But this is this was my point <laughs> that I wanted to show this the beginning to the end because this guy right here i mean i'm still running how many homes do you own now <laughs> uh, i i maybe like 10 properties or so at the moment uh, see, but I, I bought that's that's because i'm a real estate investor on some level so i've bought and sold a lot of stuff see i just and i yes, just I needed get, i needed yeah, the car must come back to me just it, so you know oh had, it has i had a place in florida and they you know they wrecked it and i was like okay well that's yeah that's, that's karma. karma coming back yeah. to me Damn it. Did they draw art on the walls like you guys did? No, uh, they, they did worse. Apparently there was feces on the wall. Oh, I, know, I never sorry, thought man. to do that. I draw the line yeah. at, at, at fine art. I can't believe you had a line. But anyway, <laughs> so here, here's the thing. Now I'm going to flash forward because we're going to go back and forth. Yeah. But I just want, I want you guys out there to know that, that we called in the Stotz. I mean, Stotzer was, that's, you're still Stotzer. Yeah. But you're now old man liver. As well, that's that yeah. you called yourself that back then. Okay, it was so, a character. So that I'll you, tell you the, yeah. the story behind that. So in in Hollywood, of course, when you're in pop and rock bands and stuff, you get you start getting ageism issues when you turn thirty. Right. So that started to to tick me off to the point where I was like, well, screw it, I'm going to do a side project for my main band, Early Dawn. and uh, I'm going to call it Old Man Liver and put old in the name and say, screw you. I'm like, I want to play guitar till like B.B. King or, or uh, Les Paul did and doing club gigs till their 80s and 90s. Right. I want to be that guy. So screw you on this ageism <laughs> stuff. I'm, my new project is Old Man Liver. 
And so people just assumed the, the band was Old Man Liver, but because I was the front person, people right. just started calling me that. I think Alice Cooper went through the same thing. Um, so I got used to the Old Man Liver nickname as well. And um, Elvis Monroe, I get called Elvis. Yeah. It's no joke. Right. Oh, no, no like I believe it. Yeah. yeah. So it makes sense. It's, yeah. it's a normal deduction. But now it's gone from just being a music project to, um, to we have our own whiskey. We have uh, a hot sauce. I have a book. I've got Old Man Liver music online. The book, by the way, is the, actually the worst uh, self-help book you can possibly read but <laughs> if you if you want it it's actually the op it's called what my dad taught me it's actually the opposite of what my dad actually taught me but it's it's pretty amusing at least in my opinion but uh yeah so now it's a whole we got spice mix it's a whole product line because it's it's old man liver just kind of represents no rules fun um because I'm from Louisiana originally, it's it's a lot of barbecue and smoke smoke wow. stuff, and so even the whiskey itself, I I wanted to create something that was oaky, but also a little smoky and a tiny bit spicy, just bringing a little Louisiana into it. And of course, I wanted it 90 proof instead of 80, because I want to be able to brag that you'll get drunker faster <laughs> than with Old Man Liver than Jim Beam or Jack Daniels, uh, and I'm still alive. So that's a, that's amazing. Yeah, there's your camera right there. You can look at them and say and. You are. You are still alive. <laughs> <laughs> Which, is, as you know, is a shocker because I never expected to live past 30. I mean, I'm, I'm 22 years of borrowed time here. And there we go. So I'll take it, you know, because, you know, you know, all the I mean, I just had that kind of luck even back in the day when we hung out. I, I mean, I'm the only guy I know that got uh, attacked by Nazi skinheads twice in one year. And I'm white. What? So, yeah, I, I, you, you, you I didn't that? know that. Oh, dude. So, That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. We're. It might have been when we had moved to separate parts of the city or something yeah. at that point. But uh, yeah, <laughs> so, so even even one of the first, actually the first time it was before I met you, that's what it was. That's why okay. I hadn't been through that. So uh, yeah, we were doing a show in Palmdale and uh, it was the first band I played with uh, out in LA that we formed called Dragon Era. And we had, uh, we were doing a, a block party with a bunch of other bands and we, we got off the stage and uh, early and we just started hanging out and I saw all these other people come around and uh, some guy comes up to me and starts just messing with me. And, and, uh, and I was like, what's going on here? And his, his buddy was kind of circling me. I'm like, that's what? crazy. What? Yeah. And then, then Jake, bass player, he comes over, he's, he sees what's going on. He's like, you need some help, buddy? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what's happening here. And it turns out it was a group of, of uh, it was a gang that, was, that showed up there just to kill someone. And they picked me out wow. of the whole crowd. I'm so sorry. So ultimately... Uh, while we were kind of squaring off, a car came in the driveway and almost hit one of the guys and the dude went after the guy in the car and somebody backed him up and it turned into a riot with gunfire and knives and welcome to LA. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That was kind of, I just moved there and, uh, you know, wow. <laughs> and, uh, ultimately Jake was the one that got stabbed. And, uh, so I do uh, remember yeah, hearing that. Remember that? Okay. Yeah. Cause he, okay. he, he got stabbed in the ass. Although he'll tell you lower back, right? But it was his ass. But <laughs> apparently, there's some major arteries in your ass because yeah. he almost bled to death. Wow! So he, we had to take him to the hospital. And of course, we were broke, right? So we just moved to LA. And I remember the ambulance showed up, and we were like, "How much is it?" And they're like, "What do you mean, how much is it?" And like, "How much is this going to cost?" And they're like, "They'd never been asked the question before. They were just like, get the person to the hospital." And we're right. like, "No, like we don't have insurance. How much is?" And they're like, "Well, it's like three hundred fifty dollars for the ride." And, we're like, screw that. And we took him back out of the ambulance, put him in my car, and I drove him to the hospital. 
And of course, it never helps when you have a whole rock band there in the emergency room because they're, you know, the singers like hitting on the nurses and while Jake is passing <laughs> out, almost dying. But he was in the hospital there in Palmdale for three days. And then finally, I showed him the bill. I was like, dude, you realize every time you take a piss, it's like 75 bucks. <laughs> and he's like, I'm out of here. And he just got up and left against the doctors, whatever it is. Wow. And we took on out there. Later, we realized there was a California Victims Compensation Fund where he could have actually had the whole thing covered. And well, so we didn't know that. We're young. We're young. And what's crazy is um, I'm going to I'm going to take this back to a park where um, I watched you guys play. You and James actually were playing guitar and singing. I'd only seen my dad do that before. And um, you know, my brother sing with my uncle and stuff. But watching guys, you know, that were my age doing this, it was it was impressive. And and I, I, it was something I wanted to do. I was in a studio. I was getting to record with with Alan Savori and Mars Azar, and they did you yeah, know, work with some you had big, You Sleep I Cry already yeah, recorded I, at that time. Exactly. But and you I, didn't have a band band. I didn't have a band. Yeah. It was it was all we were, you know, it was being produced and we were in a big studio. Like I said, I was uh I was sharing the studio with Easy E, you know, for two weeks or, or so awesome. and which was really crazy. But then I met you guys, and you gave me an opportunity, and that was my very first time. Oh no! I mean, I, mean, I, to be I, in I a just band. remember I heard I heard your music, and I was like, "Wow, he's got a great voice." Thanks, and man. then you've always had a lot of charisma, so it just made sense. And I was like, you know, man, man I, I was talking to my roommate Wes at the time, going, "It seems like Brian and I should be doing some music together." And he's like, "You, you guys would rock it," and sure enough, we did. We did, yeah. and <laughs> and it that started it off. Yeah. And early dawn was I that. That was we named the band after my cousin. That's her name. Right. And for those of you out there who don't know, I'm actually Native American Indian, Lakota Sioux. So, you know, early dawn, that was her real name. And um, we named the band after her. And it was quite the journey. I learned a lot because you guys gave me an opportunity. I remember giving you enough money to pay for a month's rent in the studio to rehearsal studio. And then you couldn't kick me out until at least that month was up. <laughs> so whether or not I, I got better or not, you know, it was one of those things where I was going to get to stay. Well, thankfully so, my dad came in and helped us out. A yes, bit with the money he did. That stuff and Speaking of, and that's something too, that here's a guy that, I mean, special, special, both your parents have a special place with me. And well, um, yours too. Well, thank you. But, and it, it saddens me to, to know that we, they're not here anymore, but you're walking around yeah. making them proud. <laughs> thank you. And, uh, I'm really impressed with the man that you are today. That's why I wanted you here. I wanted the listeners, people watching this to hear your story because you came up, you did it exactly what you wanted to do. You didn't ask for any handouts. You know, and your dad was a very successful banker, right? Investor. Yeah, yeah. He's, he was an entrepreneur. I definitely got my entrepreneur stuff from him. So the like the crazy Mardi Gras 11 side I got from my mom and the business uh, entrepreneur side I got from my dad. And uh, and together, I'm literally just a combination of that. So it's a little creative and business at the same time. But yeah, dad was big in banking. At one point, he was vice president of the Federal Reserve Bank of Philadelphia he started a few banks. He started a, a, a trucking, a trucking factoring, receivable factoring company. Um, he he and I did a healthcare staffing company together. Um, we did. He he started a record division 
just to support early dawn on one of his other companies just no way. to be supportive so even one of the he, he called it phoenix recordings so even to this day um, my sister and i started a new business and we we called it phoenix after him it's kind of an investment thing but uh but that's, yeah, so, that's incredible. Yeah, he was very inspirational on all, all the business side of things and the fun. But he knew the showmanship was important too because there was, <laughs> there was we would do gigs and of course he would. Everybody thought he was the record company guy because he was older, wearing a suit and stuff. Right. And uh, and I remember he'd be like, we'd be playing at the Whiskey A Go Go in West Hollywood, and he'd, he'd be like. I wish we could make a distraction, like to make all the traffic stop and put some spotlights out here. And I'm like, uh, yeah, dad, I tried to get spotlights. West Hollywood wouldn't have anything of it. You know, like it's, it's very, well, you know, the moving ones, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The big one yeah, going yeah, out. Yeah. So, and then at one point I did it uh, back then. And this was pre white lion where they had, you know, a terrible incident with fire, but I used to light my hands on fire while I played a solo. Oh, wow. And I'd like do like, like some two handed tapping and I'd, I dip my hand into a, a mixture and secretly light it and then just end the so by playing with one hand and like my fire like my arm on fire Whoa. basically. And one time it got it I, I put a little I dipped it a little too heavy and I put my hand up and it all just poured down my whole and I just totally caught fire. <laughs> and like Jake, Jake, our bass player, is looking at me like, can you still play? And I'm like, show must go on. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> I'm trying to put it out and I'm burned and I'm blistering and I'm like, you know, trying to get it out like, oh. Oh, without being nonchalant. And then after, afterwards, dad's only, con it wasn't like, oh, do you need a doctor? Do you need to go? He's like, that was great uh, fact that you did with your arm and stuff. That you know, <laughs> oh, special <laughs> yeah, effects. Yeah, special effects. Yeah. So, you know, I'm bleeding and yeah. I, I have like, you know, whatever first degree burns, but, uh, so he appreciated the showmanship and he, he was a showman too. If you saw, he did, did a lot of speeches and stuff like that. And so he was on a lot of boards and, uh, but he was very inspirational. And, and so was my mom. Being but, around him was really inspiring. Um, you, I remember writing him a letter and you told me that was super sweet because I found that not too long ago when we were going through my parents' stuff and we had to clean up the house which of course is, is already very hard, but to see yeah. that back then you all, you knew each other and you appreciate, even a young kid, you appreciated them enough to write a sincere note was just so thoughtful. So that, I, I retroactively, like, I, thank like, you. I love that guy. <laughs> I, I, <Brian's> awesome. <laughs> but the thing was, you know, I, I knew what he was doing for us back then and what he did for me. Um, he was inspiring and, and it allowed me to, continue to grow. And we went in different directions. You know, I'm in Elvis Monroe. You still have early dawn. It's, it's been ongoing because of you went through a few singers now, yeah. but you're getting back together and, and doing yeah. a show. July 16th, we're, we're going to all play a breast cancer benefit that we started in Los Angeles called breast fest. Exactly. And so, I've played one of those yes. with you. Yeah, and so is your brother. Yes. And my brother, <laughs> Cody, who you've done a lot with and for, um, for those of you out there, you don't know my brother is going through a lot, but my brother's a fighter and um, the doctors had given him a timeline and he surpassed that timeline and uh, he just refuses to believe. And I think that it's love that's keeping my brother yeah. alive and keeping him. He's, he's an inspiration in, in his own right. Yeah. I could just, I'm like, man, I, I to get diagnosed and then just keep going. I'm like, at this point, just, you're gonna outlive me yeah. for sure. Yeah. But um. But yeah, he's a, he's a sweet, dear person, and we we 
um, we actually got into marijuana cultivation business. We started one in Oregon together, Cody right. and, and uh, another friend of ours, Jim Douglas and I. And Rest in peace. Right? Jimmy. Yeah. yeah. That was a hard, hard loss. I'm sorry, man. You've been through a lot in the last yeah. five, six so, years. So, yeah, six years. In the last six years, I lost my wife, my dad, my mom, my dog, my cousin, and one of my best friends in life since I was four years old. So it's been a, a rough run. And, and uh, for a couple of years in there, I didn't want to be alive, but my kids kept me alive. Right. And uh, it was one of those weird things where you'd go to bed and, you know, now they've proven like the broken heart syndrome is a real thing. But I, I knew I could have chosen to not wake up. Not I would have never killed myself on purpose or anything. Right. But, but there was death. And it's hard to describe now. But uh, if, if there was times where I knew I had to purposely wake up for the kids. And that's uh, and you just kind of live minute to minute because my, my wife and I had been together 20 years. And, and we the were two of you were incredibly it, close. It was a and, great relationship. Yeah. yeah. We and had businesses together. We yeah. started started Vegas Voodoo. That, that, you uh, got engaged at the Whiskey at Go-Go. I yeah. Apparently we, we, that we made history because the people at Whiskey told me that's never been done before. Wow. And, uh, so I... I Got on one knee right where probably Jim Morrison threw up and <laughs> Ozzy pissed or whatever, you know. Yeah. So there, there you go. That's if that didn't mean you, romance. But yeah. the, the beautiful thing is that uh, I have it all on video. Most people don't get their engagements on video, but we had all, we had even um, Don Misher, who's a, a, a big TV producer oh, the, in Hollywood. The biggest. He was there. Um, he's done everything Emmys yeah. and Grammys and Oscars and blah, blah, blah. Olympics. And, yeah. and my engagement, apparently, right? because he was there <laughs> videotaping and it was amazing. And, and uh, so we were very close and, and uh, it was very sudden. It was just a heart attack in the middle of the night and uh, unexpected. It was like a heart arrhythmia that that we was undetected or undiagnosed. I was going to say, is it something that, that, yeah. And I mean, in, and there was no way we would have known because all, and they say it's just the symptoms are like having a cold. So she just felt like she had a cold and just went to bed early that night, but it wasn't anything unusual or, uh, and that's, and that's why it was just a complete shock to my life. And I couldn't, um, for a while I had to pretend for the kids to see colors and things and, Oh, look how beautiful the ocean is or the sunset when I really couldn't see it. It was it, no, nothing um, was in color at that time and music people were like oh are you you getting it out on your guitar but i couldn't even pick up a guitar no it's i can't imagine um and you cody my brother and i talked about you today before you came on the podcast and it was one of those things where we went you are the most upbeat <laughs> outgoing you get people you, you make them feel good and to know that you've been through all of this in a short period of time i mean the world shut down. Um, it, it's been a tough time, but you came out of this. Uh, you you just bought the Pioneer, <laughs> and and the things when I when you give me a tour of the Pioneer, bro, you, you I got to see you got the old school candies. You told your dad getting back to your dad. Yeah, he, so so that was oh, kind I, of. I don't want to jump over Michelle because I no. loved her and I miss her. She's you guys were amazing. Yeah. You found somebody. No, she's a part of me forever. Exactly. And, and uh, the kids, the kids will carry on. And, and the last early dawn song I wrote was called Someday. And I wrote it during COVID and we're going to play it, play an, or as a new song in July. Oh, wow. And uh, it's about the kids moving on because I won't be here at some point either. And it's called, you know, someday you'll learn to move along without me there day to day. 
and even just going to college and that kind of thing. And, and I want them to know they're loved and I'm, you know, always with them just like their mom is. Sorry. No, dude. Jeez. Love you, brother. Love you too, man. No, sorry about that. Don't be sorry. Um, oh, my liver's back. Yeah, I know. <laughs> damn, <laughs> damn headphones. <laughs> You're good. Um, yeah, it's so. Here's the thing. Um, I'm 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 gonna turn the corner here real quick. Um, you know, your father. It inspired me. I I after hearing this conversation, you were showing me some children's books out at the Pioneer. Yeah. So the, the coolest thing about the pine, owning the Pioneer is it's a perfect combination of everything I love. It's music, it's food, it's drinking. and the, You're the new, uh, I'm, I'm cutting you off, because yeah. he is the new owner of the Pioneer. You and Stephanie yes. um, bought the Pioneer. My, my partner in, in business and pleasure. Yeah, she's, you know, <laughs> she's you guys found each other, and you actually have gone through yeah. very similar okay, stories. Okay, so get, get this scenario so we're so we're at a christmas party it's about two years after michelle died and i'm still not ready or could have cared less about dating or seeing anybody or anything i just was ready to be by myself uh, the rest of my life which i didn't expect to to meet the love of my life anyway so um so we're at a christmas party and we had one mutual friend that for some reason thought it was a good idea to set us up but only tell one person and not the other so you know, when you set someone up, just so you know, just some word of wisdom, to tell either both people that they're set up or neither and just introduce them and get them in the same room. <laughs> yeah. Don't tell one and not the other. So, so our, our dear friend Peggy had, had told Stephanie, hey, you need to come to this Christmas party. And she, she got a couple drinks in her and then walking over from another uh, neighbor's house was like, and I want you to meet this guy. And she's like, oh, crap. What the hell did you do? Because she was right. recently divorced and not in the mood either. So she's like, oh my God, you know, so, so she's pissed at, at her friend and everything. And I, I come in and, and get to meet her and I start talking to her and I'm hitting it off and we're talking Joe Satriani and Steve Vine. I'm like, you know who all these, these guitar players are from back and that's awesome. I'm like, I dig this chick. And I was like really into her. I'm like, oh crap, she's going to think I'm hitting on her. So I purposely walked away and talked to other people, which in retrospect is pretty rude if you're being set, being set up. up, I didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, so I was trying not to be, you know, be that guy. And then I, I didn't realize I was supposed to be that guy. So uh, ultimately, we just said, "Hey, we, we had a great time, and good to see you." Like, you know, whatever. Here's here's our number, but you know, don't call. We, you know, we're not right. into anything serious. But then, of course, we started, you know, spending time together and enjoying it. And at a certain point, we had to admit, admit that we enjoyed spending time together, and it was okay. And then eventually. Uh, Things worked out amazing, and she moved in, and we've got like a whole Brady Bunch. I love it. Going. And from the outside looking in, being your friend, it I couldn't wait for the yeah, day. Yeah, because remember, you, you know, met her I, at an Elvis Monroe show at the I, M Hotel. In I Las did, Vegas. I did on a date. Yeah. Like you, I, I, we were opening for Lifehouse, and and you brought her out, and you were like, "Oh, this is kind of awkward. I don't know, like if I should bring her because well, so, it's so like deal, a first date or something." Yeah, yeah. It was. It was. Uh, we had kind of been dating, but then you know we still kept it whatever. And I went on a long two month vacation with my kids because it was just an opportunity I had to just cross the country with them. And then I came back, and I didn't know. Uh, she's like, I said, "Yeah, so when, you know, when are we going to get together again?" And she's like, "Well, Friday I have a, a concert I have to go to." And I said, well, it's, it's not Lifehouse, is it? And she's like, what? <laughs> and I said, well, I'm, I'm going to that show because <laughs> a buddy of mine is playing with them. 
and in his band Elvis Monroe and she's like oh and, and I didn't know at the time she was gonna have a date or something you know I was right like, hey I, I might see you there but it's and then ultimately she was just going with a friend who, who backed out anyway and so we ended up going together well there you so go it was great and then soon after that we just gave up trying to fight you know like <laughs> that I, we liked each other. We expected it and we wanted it to happen. Um, we wanted to see you happy again, being <laughs> your friends. All of us wanted to see that Thank you. shine in your eye and that spark again, because Thanks. you know that Michelle would be like, hey, come on, I oh, need I you. I, I need you to move on. I need yeah, you to be yeah, happy. You, you, and that's that gives you comfort when you know what someone would want. Exactly. Um, just, she was that kind of person. Yeah, yeah. And so, and we, we talked about it, thank God, you know, we would say if anything ever happened, just so you know, I'd want you to go on and be happy. And of course I always thought I was the one giving her motivation that, yeah, that it was going to be me. Be okay. Anybody that's yeah. us, of course, oh, I'm going to be the one you. falling off a balcony or whatever, <laughs> some God knows whatever. Uh, so that was the weird thing, but, and thank God. And we always said we loved each other every time we, we said goodbye or got off the phone and thank God we didn't do anything different that night. And yeah. And so I got to tell her I love her as the last thing, which was important. She and, knew that though, bro. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I appreciate that. Cause it's true. And I, and I am happy again. And I, and my other, my, now our dear friend, Jim Douglas, who passed away, I'm the one um, trying to comfort his wife because they were there for Michelle and I so, so right. closely and, and I can help her in ways that other, and give her some insight that other people possibly can't. Um, so I'm, you know, work now I can, as, as help all navigate. my friends have helped me, I can exactly. try to help my friends through some tough times. You, you've always been that, um, you always have. And again, I wasn't gonna go this direction today with you but it feels good to actually talk it about it and no. hopefully it does help it's my somebody therapy session yeah is this a doctor uh, a <laughs> doctor phil, phil show exactly the brian hopkins yeah. show are we on <laughs> I, I didn't mean <laughs> to take it this direction but um you know what's really cool is you are the new owner uh it's been january was it that you got uh, it september okay so, yeah so of was, the pioneer and i cut you off because no. we were talking about you know, what the pioneer is to you. And you've been catching some flack. Like pe if people who know that I know you are like, you know, the new owner, well, they need blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And I'm like, please you don't understand. Yeah. So I, I haven't even had to, this is a great opportunity to, to tell the story. So, so when we, the whole transaction of the pioneer, as you can imagine, if you've ever been to the pioneer saloon in Good Springs, it is it is an insanely amazing property that it really pe is. People love it. It's their, it's everyone's friends. So everyone feels like it's their own bar, which is, is great. Um, and I include myself in that. I discovered it years ago as, as Michelle, right after Michelle passed away, I was driving around with the kids and we were actually looking at some, some property in Sandy Valley. And I, I stumbled upon it and I was like, Oh, this is what I've, the place I've heard about. And yeah. we went in and I'm like, this is a really cool vibe and it's cool. And it was a little different setup back then, but, um, the kids remember, remember having like a root beer float or something there. And so we, you know, we've gone, Stephanie, I've gone to the pioneer for years and she discovered it separately through a Caesars event. So okay. we both have always loved it. With me, it was and, riding Harleys. Yeah. And, I ride and you had there. even told me about I it. Told I told you about I, it. Exactly. Um, so so when, when the opportunity came to acquire it, it was not a normal business transaction, as you can imagine. Well, one, you were looking for a place for your, for old man liver. Right. That's, that's right. a crazy story in yeah, itself. Yeah, we were going to do old man liver thirst parlor was going to be the name of our bar, you know, somewhere in Vegas or something. But the Pioneer was just too amazing and such a perfect, great brand fit for 
what we wanted to do anyway. So yeah, so even, you know, it's got the music, it's got the, um, the you know, party vibe, the, the events, which we, we always threw big Mardi Gras and Halloween parties anyway. So we're right. like, now, we, now we can do it at a real, at a cool venue that's really haunted, you know, that kind right. of stuff. It's, so, it, 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 for those of you out there, it is known as the Pioneer Ghost Bar. Um, and, and I'm cutting you off, but we're going to get back to yeah. that part because they say that it's, was it Clark? Gable? Yeah, Clark Gable and, and Carol Lombard are believed to be two of the ghosts there. And really, they didn't die there, but um, Carol Lombard got in a plane crash in Mount Potosi behind the Pioneer. And the story is that uh, Clark Gable waited for three days at the bar. Um, With his cigarette burn, yeah, still and, on the bar. And he was a, a well-known smoker. And so uh, people have come and touched the spots on the bar so much through the years. There's little indentations in there. That's crazy. And, uh, yeah, it's crazy. But the bigger... The bigger ghost story is when, in 1915, when there was a poker game. Yes. And uh, the table is actually still there, and there are, still, there are bullet, bullet holes, holes in the wall that people believe uh, go back to that poker game. Um, although we can't verify that, the poker game itself did happen, and we have all the county records of the death because this one uh, out-of-work miner named uh, Paul Kosky got caught cheating, and the dealer, Joe Armstrong, just shot him dead on the spot. And so his body lay there for 10 hours until the coroner showed up, because, of course, this is still like horse and buggy days. So um, so they, wow. a lot of people think that Paul Kosky uh, is one of the ghosts. And there, right. there have been a few incidents through the years. That I mean, if there's a place that's going to be haunted, it's it's the Pioneer Saloon. If, if, it's, it's such a, a cool place. 109 years, yeah. Right. It's, it's, uh, it's the oldest bar in all of the Las Vegas area in southern Nevada and the oldest small, continually running small business in Clark County. And, and actually, when we opened, there wasn't even, we predate the county, which is going to let me get into, you know, some, yeah, some of my bitching. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so the, the county, uh, you know, people come out and like, oh, it's, it's got to be like the wild west out here. And it's like, well, we're actually part of Clark County, which is, you know, we're regulated just like the casinos on the strip are. And um, so it's, uh, and what happens is when, when you have a business transaction, the, the county and the previous owners did not have a good relationship and uh, so they used our business transaction as a means to come down on us, kind of like a sins of the father type deal. Wow. So one of the, one of the, some of the flack we get, one of the things is like, oh, you clo closed all the uh, entrances except the one to the general store. And it's like, we didn't close it. Clark County said, if you, you are a bar and you can't have seven entrances of people coming in and out. You can't watch the alcohol coming in. You can't watch it going out. We will take your business license away if you do not switch to one entrance and exit. So they even put it, if you look at our business license, which is it's probably public information, but it's, you know, we have right. posted at the place. It says um, with, um, with the criteria of only one entrance so that they can take it away if we change that. Oh, geez. So, of course, um, the, the other thing the previous owners did was the, they, they turned it into an all-ages type property. So we couldn't have the entrance in the saloon because people can't be under 21 and going, technically going into the bar. So, uh, so we chose the general store because we're like, hey, we'll make it our own little, you know, like, uh, unique Cracker Barrel type entrance or whatever, and people Which like is to buy really merchandise cool. anyway. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're making a really neat thing out of it. We're actually convert making its own little bar where we're going to have a soda jerk and uh, a malt station and stuff like that. So, and then it's got my Vegas Voodoo, which is a Good Luck Charms company um, that's already in there, and nostalgic right. candy, and then 
uh, we, we'll get in, I'll mention yeah. my dad's yeah. thing since you brought it up. Yeah. But, uh, but another, you know, so like people will bag on us. We're like, wait, I, we have no choice in this stuff. And then, uh, you know, an, another thing that was completely out of our control was, uh, we, we totally planned on coming in and just being real quiet and, and uh, not changing the menu or doing anything, you know, same cook, same right. people, same menu. And then we were just like, oh, in time we'll change and we'll, we're going to build a, a new, better kitchen on, on, in part of the parking lot that won't mess up any, cool, any of the cool, nostalgic thing that people love about the, right. the main footprint. And uh, the day before we took over, the county comes in and uh, red, permanently red tags our kitchen. So uh, basically, no kitchen. So, you're, you're opening yeah. up, and then they let everybody know, "Hey, new owners, come yeah, check oh, yeah. out the place." Yeah, so I remember it. Yeah, remember I, that we even got we even like, got the email. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so so, so busy. Yeah. And <laughs> so the one thing that the previous owners did that the Pioneer originally was just a bar, but the the previous owners brought in you know good food, which is right. which is awesome. Um, you know, sometimes hit or miss, and and uh, but you know we just plan on continuing the same stuff they had, and then introducing more stuff because my goal was. You would, that it's the only burger joint in the world without French fries. So by God, I'm going to bring French fries to this place for the first time in 109 years. But, uh, but all of a sudden we don't have a kitchen. And so we're like, oh crap. And, and we, we took the time to just, we're like, we were working with the county scrambling and they're like, no, you need, eventually they're just like, you need to get it off the property. And I'm like, that's, this is what they used as a kitchen was this food trailer. And like, now we have nothing. So they expected us to just stay closed until our new kitchen was built which we weren't going to do that. Right. You know, I mean, as much flack as we get for the menu not being very expansive, we're, we would have gotten much more flack being closed a Just year or two away. Everybody right. knows what, how long construction takes. And right. so, uh, you know, that, that was kind of a joke. I was like, hey, wait, we've got a barbecue license. So I got the far, fire marshal to approve grilling on the deck. And that was our way to keep hamburgers and hot dogs Going. Good food. I was yeah. out there. Yeah. I and had so, some. So we can't, you know, we can't make street the, tacos. Yeah. Too. It was yeah. really good. We, we're, we're being real creative. And we, we just added, um, we just got in some, uh, some meat smokers. So we're starting to add brisket and pulled pork and all this other stuff to the menu. Oh, very and cool. And that's another sneakily way we can use our deck. We're not allowed to fry on the deck that the fire marshal wouldn't go that far, but, um, we can at least start expanding our menu and improving. When I came in, I was like, the hot dogs, you know, this is kind of just an average little hot dog you get at a convenience store or something. I want like something with real, you know, big and beef and, and a proper bun and all that. So, and then we, we switch from frozen patties to uh, fresh beef. So, and then a lot of house, now the sauces we make in house. So um, everything from the um, guacamole to the ghost uh, sauce, the spicy seasoning we have. Right. So uh, we're able to start ex re-expanding the menu but when they first took the food truck away, it was, you know, completely oh, it was we like nightmare. freaking yeah. out. And, and like you said, the, the previous owners were like, hey, everyone come out and support the new owners. We're like, no, shut up. I don't <laughs> want anybody coming out. This is a nightmare. <laughs> and the other thing we had done was uh, we, we used, that, used it as an opportunity before we took over to clean all the kitchen. Uh, we we're like, we're going to make this the cleanest kitchen they've ever had, ever. And we cleaned all the uh, all over the saloon and the property and, and uh and we were, we got real serious, but with all the, uh, the, the hard cleaning, the water like filled up our septic tank, which, you know, at, all of a sudden on day one, not only did we not have a kitchen, we had no bathroom. Bathroom. I, so we're calling the porta pots in. Like you, <laughs> it was wow. insane. So ultimately, we're going to build a new kitchen and bathroom building on the other side of the back wall in an area of the parking lot that's not used. 
uh, Very cool. All. Yeah, it's an unused part, so it won't mess up anything that's cool, and we can have a, 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 the best food that, that you've ever seen there. I love it. And what's great is you you took a place and you didn't want to gut it or change no. it. No. It's the got last thing the, you want to do is no, change. No, it's the coolest the vibe. But like like producer Chase back there, the voice, he was just saying, you you're back there. It was your first you got a chance to play out there. Is that correct? Yeah. So uh uh when I was first like starting to sing when I was like eighteen or so. Uh, one of my dad's friends was playing out there, and he's like, "Oh, your your son has to come sing with me." So, like, one of my first gigs singing stuff that wasn't classical was uh, singing old Johnny Cash songs out at the Pioneer Saloon that like five years ago. Is that is Isn't that awesome? So cool! I saw you light up when he, when he said, "Wait a minute, you own the Pioneer," and I thought. Chase was going to give you a handful of like, how come it doesn't have or whatever, you know, but yeah, you're doing no, a great no, job in you. transition. And, and, and I had the ghost burger. I was on the Randy Couture ride with him and, and the ghost burger was awesome. Yeah. And, yeah. The food, uh, what we've got and, and these, these extra smoked meats, which totally fits in, in our vibe too, is going to be a game changer. But then really the, the real game changer is when the new kitchen's built. But the other thing in the meantime, of course, we've been facing, supply chain issues and inflation and worker shortages. And so imagine, you know, right now we were basically 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. and staying open later on the weekends, but we would love to open up at 7 a.m. and stay open till like midnight every day. But there, there's a lot of people know, have heard that there's a giant worker shortage across right. the U.S., but that's actually um, much more accentuated in, in the restaurant industry and particularly exponentially problematic in Good Springs, which is a town of 200 people. 200 so people, and you know you and we you own third, a house. You own a house. Yeah, in, so we in bought town. a house. Yeah, I, I bought a house a, down the street because uh, I, I love Good Springs, and the people there are amazing. And I knew I loved the Pioneer, but I, I didn't know I'd fall in love with Good Springs. So, uh, in fact, I, I might be. I'm pretty sure at one of the Old Man Liver whiskey rallies, we declared Good Springs its own country, and they elected me president. <laughs> So it's possible I don't even have to listen to the county at this point, but I need to check with my attorneys on that. <laughs> so you, here's what's cool. Uh, you know, to hear you talk about old man liver and you had said, I'm going to start a whiskey. Um, it's, you know, and to know that I, you have a book and, yeah. and well, you asked me today, who do you want on the podcast? Do you want Steven Stotts, your buddy, or do you want old man liver? Who's also your buddy. Just, it, yeah. Just the crazier just the side crazy. of Stotzer. Exactly. And I, I was like, you know, like old bring man a, liver, bring it's, them a, both. it's a piece of me. It for sure, certainly is. It's just now that that side of me is branded. So when I, as you know, I've always liked to party and have a good time. And right. Own great parties and all that stuff. Oh, you so, always do. So yeah. that's part of, you know, that's part of who I am. Uh, uh, just as much as the business side of stuff, but this—that's uh, when I don't have to get my favorite days out at the Pioneer. When when I just get to be old man liver, and I love a, that and you're taking drink, pictures with yeah, everyone, drink, and drink with the customers, and uh, so tell them about this. Tell them about this. Okay, so this uh, this label. Here's a funny thing: is it, everyone thinks the label is really cool because it's got this gold foil and it's you know the silhouette of the cowboy. So this all came about with me taking a, a selfie in a robe holding my guitar, wearing my cowboy hat my, in my backyard. <laughs> and then I ran it through a little free oh, silhouette app. Uh, yeah, go. okay, there we go. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and then we sent it to our marketing uh, team who's based out of San Antonio, Texas. And they came up with this amazing label. But then we were working out of a, we, our attorneys were in Virginia who handled uh, the federal approval for stuff. Right. 
and they were reading through my description and the attorney had, we were laughing because the attorney had to call us up and go, Stephen, uh, the federal, you know, um, I forgot what TTB or whatever the board is. They're like, they're not going to prove you saying, you know, orgasmic isn't a flavor. <laughs> they're not accepting that. And I was like, it is to me. <laughs> so they, they let some of it stay on the label. I mean, first of all, I don't know why the federal government has what to tell to me what, what's on my label, but they, they left some of it. Um, so it's, uh, you know, part of it, like I, I make a comment of, uh, it's a little spicy and not too sweet, like all great sex. They, <laughs> they let me keep that on the label, but they wouldn't let me call it orgasmic. So that's kind of nutty. But re really, it, it's, it's, I got the flavor I wanted, and I just said, I'm going to make something that I like because I'm a whiskey drinker, right? And, and I like a lot of the nice, like Blantons and Woodfords and stuff like that. But so I, I wanted, I want it to be a flavor that I liked. And I'm like, if someone else likes it, that's going to be even better. And it turns out we, we're getting a ton of repurchases online. And right now it's only available Florida, um, California, and then in Nevada, it's, or it's exclusive at Pioneer Saloon. We haven't opened it up to anyone else yet. Um, but uh, you can't but you order can, it online. You can order it online. Okay. Um, to most states, there's a few that that don't allow online home orders, but most of them do. Okay. So where would they go? Oldmanliver.com. Thanks, oldmanliver.com um, producer chase will make sure that that's but on yeah, there as but well yeah, but the way I, I kind of approach all these things when we get into new stuff like like the habanero hot sauce we call it old man liver hot as fuck sauce and it we we have it on every table at the pioneer and people we actually make it in-house takes us two weeks to ferment it with garlic and habanero peppers and wow. and uh all this stuff so it, it uh people love it and they'll buy like you know cases of it to take home or, right. you know, I don't know how they get on the plane or whatever, but, um, but it's, it's, everything's doing really well. So Stephanie and I keep challenging each other to come up with new products that fit the brand. That's what I love. And that's, that's why I have you here because I had to point out like in, in Pulp Fiction, we went from the end to the beginning to, you know, we're all yeah. over the damn place in, in like the movie, but you know, you, the young version of you, it's, I still see that in you oh, yeah. and that you just push the boundaries. It's, it's, you see something, it's a challenge. Um, well, an example of that, that we can both relate to is we were always trying to play the clubs in LA, trying to get signed by the A&R people right. and all that kind of stuff. Cause that's what you did back then. And, uh, at, at a certain point, and both of us have, have since had real record deals. I know you right. had a thing with Sony and I had a thing with Warner brothers, uh, one of the, their divisions, but ultimately, my my business side had to talk to my creative side and go, "Hey, man, like, why are you out there trying to to get signed? Why don't you start a record company and sign yourself? Because business stuff just comes easy to me. It's a lot harder to try to get, you know, become famous in a band than it is to start a business. So that's what I did. That's when uh, with with John Miller and Inyo, we started wow. Artist Addiction Records, and that's still around. We do we specialize in TV and movie soundtracks, like we did the N NCIS and the Saul movies, those horror movies from back in the day. <laughs> and, uh, and it's, you know, it's done well on its own. And now, now I, you don't really need a record company because you can just release your own stuff. And correct. But, uh, but that was kind of my attitude. I'm like, how, why did it take me this long to, to think, to, you know, figure out a bypass of just having someone accidentally stumble upon you to see you and sign you. I'm like, you create your own business and right. then, then you don't have to worry about it. But here's the thing. You work really hard. You own I don't know how many businesses you, you invest in all these different things, but you're hands on. 
Yeah. You're there. You are yeah. at, you can see you. You go to well, the Pioneer and put in the work. Yeah, because the, the truth is I've, I've had, I have a very high success rate when it's businesses that I control and I'm involved. I'm about 50-50 when I invest in friends or friends of friends businesses, you know, like a restaurant yep. in Hollywood or a bar in Hollywood or this or that. So uh, you know, from now on, I'm trying to just do stuff that I have control over. And if something do needs fixing or need, I, I can step in and fix it. Right. Because um, then it will eventually be profitable. And it's and, you know, a lot of it's just for fun anyway, which is what life is about. You don't you don't t I tell my kids, like, you don't take money with you when you leave this earth. You don't like. You know, it's about experiences and love and friendship and happiness, and that has nothing to do with money. Because we had awesome times back when we were broke, broke, broke as shit, and broke, piece of shit apart like, in a van. Not you were scared to yeah. get in an ambulance. Yeah, you right. Know? Yeah, what's this <laughs> gonna broke, cost? Yeah. So, you know? yeah, so like I tell my kids who have only seen, you know, seen me the last, you know, 14, 15 years, I'm like, just so you know, when I moved to LA when I was 19, I didn't have shit for money. I never asked my parents for one dime and I, I lost 30 pounds in three months. It was a fantastic diet program. <laughs> but like, you know, I remember eating, eating people's leftover foods and stuff and yep. sitting out, you know, and you do what you got to do. And, and to me, yeah. it was all part of you're supposed to go through a starving musician and starving college student phase. I, I didn't know back then that it, I, I was shocked because I didn't know that your dad and mom were so successful. Um, you didn't put off that. You were just like one of us. We were chasing the dream and going after the things that we wanted to go after and, and building them from the ground up. And we, and we were doing it together. We were doing it separately. Yeah. We were, we're still but, doing it together. Exactly. And then <laughs> that's the cool part. But you know, until your dad came along and said, Hey, this is what I would like to do and be a part of. I was like, what, you know, like yeah, and he, I, I had he, no idea. He was successful, but he never wanted to spoil me, of course. Exactly. But it, when he saw what we had, he, he it was a legitimate investment for, for him. He's like, I think these guys are going to do well. Yeah. And it wasn't just because I was, because he never did something just because I was his son. Right. It was like, oh, you know how to do this. Same with the healthcare staffing company. When I worked, um, when I was operations manager for a healthcare staffing company in LA, he was like, why don't we do this ourselves? And because he saw I was successful and I opened up other, you know, branches in other states and stuff like that. He's like, we should be doing that for ourselves. And I'm like, yeah, that's a good point. That's it's it's uh, and I throw this word around a lot and I'll do it a lot on this podcast, but it, it's inspiring. And what we want to do, what I want to do here and with the help of producer Chase, the voice back there is is bring our guests in like you who have gone through so much. And we talked about some of the dark times we talked about yeah. some of the that's the, part of the journey it is well, part of it you know? and and to know that there are things that we you get you know if you've done 30 40 things which you've done and and i'm learning as we're sitting here talking mm -hmm. as friends the other things that you've done that we're catching up with it just happens to be you know re being recorded at the same time yeah. um it's new to me and and it inspires me um it's that you answered to the call to action. You answered to the call to adventure. And it didn't always work out. Like you no, said, it's 50-50. No. Yeah, you're you know, going to have failures. And that's crash. how life is supposed to be. It's a exactly. roller coaster. It's not not just, I, I don't know, barely, it, one of my favorite expressions is that I tell the kids, it's a, it's a short walk from the penthouse to the outhouse. So right. don't get too cocky if things are going well because you don't know what's going to happen the next month. So just be, and that's the attitude Stephanie and I have had. If, if, Oh, this is our Pioneer Saloon is our third business together. But if, if, uh, 
if what we've done didn't work out and we ended up on the streets, we'd have a blast with just a box uh, under right. a freeway. We were like, we'd make the best <laughs> of it. We'd laugh and, you know, probably get thrown in jail for indecent uh, activities <laughs> in public. But, uh, you know, that's our attitude. It's like, hey, we don't, we don't yeah. know. We don't know what's going to happen next. But as long as you're with that person that can make that journey with you, you know, through the good times and the bad times, that's, that's the key. Yeah. Well, have you had fun so far today? Man, like, uh, this has been a blast, brother. Yeah. You, you are obviously, Brian's a dear friend for life and his whole family is amazing. Thank and, you. and I love you and thank you for having me on. Uh, we're not, we're not done. We're going to call my mom. Oh, all right. But, but I want you to know, and thank you for that. That That's was nice. True. But, but, and I, I feel the same way. And um, I, for the record, I've, I've hung out with his parents several times and, you know, even yeah. your dad and I've had, even back in the Van Nuys days, it, like you'd go to sleep and he'd come over sometimes <laughs> yeah, and hang out and stuff. Yeah. We've had it, some good times. Exactly. I grew up with my parents, you know, <laughs> I say that they're my heroes. They uh, are I, awesome. I don't want to skip over this because uh, it's mentioning your dad. Um, I, I dreamt uh, about, I would say two, maybe, maybe, maybe it's a month now, um, a children's book. I had dreamt this children's book that actually is has taken on life and I'm, I'm doing this right now and telling this story. And I got inspired by your dad used to tell you stories growing up. Yes. That, yes. So he, he, uh, he, he called them monkey mouse and elephant stories. And he, every night my, he would tell them to my sister and I, when we were little and it always started the same way, like the monkey rode on the elephant's back and the mouse on the monkey's head. And they went thump, thump, thump through the jungle. And it, it had like a whole theme, starting theme. And then each story was different and always, always told a good message, like, you know, uh, acceptance and, you know, those kind of things. Mm -hmm. And so um, we always told him, we were like, Dad, those, those would make great children's books. And, and uh, he's like, really? And, and Dad's written a lot of, you know, money and banking and, right. you know, that kind of stuff. But I think he, he, he would have been more proud of, of these monkey, mouse and elephant books. But he unfortunately succumbed to Alzheimer's and uh, he had a, a, a few really tough years before he passed away from it. I remember that. And it was too late um, for him to get, get the project done himself. And so luckily we had, I mean, he, he uh, dictated these stories to his secretary, as they were called back in the day. They weren't assistants. Right. And, uh, and so we had to go through literally like old floppy disks to wow. find the stuff. But we found it and we found and we found illustrators to, to bring it to life. And so my sister and I finished that monkey mouse and elephant project after he passed away. And we sell them in the Good Springs General Store. Uh, they're 10 bucks a piece and 100 uh, percent of the money goes to the Alzheimer's Association. That's so, that's amazing. When I, you told me that story, I got emotional um, yeah. standing there knowing what kind of man your father was and how you keep that alive. Because I say that that, you know, we keep those who are close to us alive by yeah, talking about them. You're right. And then and just the energy that they, exactly. there's passing on the stories. Yeah. Um, you know, this today might've been a little self-indulgent for you and I to sit here and talk about some of these things, but you know, it may relate to someone out there, but you have been, you've done some really great things and you continue to do do great things and I watch you do them out at the Pioneer Thank when you. I when I pop out there. Mom and dad would love the Pioneer. We we talk about that all yeah. the time. And and uh my sister who's who's a, a smaller investor in, in the Pioneer with us, um, 
she, uh, you know, we, we've walked around like dad would have loved, he, he was a country music guy and we have a lot of country bands Yeah, and, uh, he would have loved the, the vibe, the people dancing to the music and the food and the energy. And, and so would my mom, like they, they would have just gotten a huge kick out of the place and to see, of course, our stuff, our businesses in the general store and things like that. And, and people enjoying themselves and that, that would mean a lot to them. And, and the, the music thing is one thing we have been able to step up right away because that was, that was something I, I was like, Hey, I'm a guitar player. And all the bands were like, Oh, we got a musician that owns the place now. Right. And so I, I wanted everyone to get paid properly. And, and oh, that's... Uh, so now, now I think <laughs> yeah. like this Memorial day weekend, uh, the last one we had, uh, you know, bands, we had like six bands playing wow. Friday through Monday and everyone was having a great time. And to me, that's, that's something immediately in effect I could, I could have, but we we want to improve the the staging and stuff like that yeah, but too in time. You have an understanding and a love for the musician, which is, which is great. But I, and before we wrap up, you just re-released all the old stuff on early dawn on iTunes, Spotify. Yeah. Including some unreleased demos that Brian and I t did together back in the day. So oh, wow. I would definitely, if you can check out the YouTube, uh, the, the website's earlydawnmusic.com. And from there you can get to the YouTube channel, but it's got some of our old, old songs and pictures on there. So that's, that's kind of fun. It was wow. like, like going back in time and all this stuff. I, you know, I was digging through, I found a cassette with oh, yeah. us and, and, uh, it was like three songs, yeah, our first day, demo. Yeah, and all the... Yeah, yeah a new book. Yes. Um, and what was and the other I one? don't remember yeah. the other one. But we did, we did, that was my first time recording with a band. And, that was um, fun. Since it's, you know, as, as on this podcast, you will listen to a lot more of my stories and things like that. Uh, but I wanted to hear a lot about, you know, <laughs> what you were doing. And it's, in, like I said, no, I throw you, around man. inspiring a lot, but that's, you inspire I am inspired. me so, as well. So I appreciate just know that, that. But I appreciate you. Before you guys get going, I do have earlydawnmusic.com pulled up here. Oh yeah. Oh, there oh, you yeah. go. Oh, thanks yeah, there for, you go. thanks for throwing us a bone there. We of appreciate course, that. Yeah. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. You got, looks like you got some photos of, uh, y'all doing your thing here. Oh yeah. Yeah. All through the years. Yep. I, I don't think I'm in any of those, but well, you 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 are I, on there. You just gotta you, you gotta go a little deeper. Yeah, but it's, but it's uh, in our July 16th show, which is a Saturday at 7 p.m. at the Pioneer Saloon. We are going to have not only Brian but both James Logan and Heather Misher, who were Heather Misher Godsey, who are also singers. So all it'll be like the whole history of Early Dawn all coming together in one day. Wow. And James is flying in from from Atlanta, which by the way, he and, and James has been a successful actor for many years, but he just got he had a little a, a tiny little role on uh, the new Obi Wan Kenobi series. Where, what? Yeah, I he, just started watching that. Yeah, he he it's it's two seconds, and he you know like uh, one of the Inquisitor villains or whatever pushes him aside or whatever. But I was like, dude, you you are officially you have a credit in a Star Star Wars. Wars. Dude. Wow! And he was like, yeah, I got to hang out with you and McGregor and all. And I was like, I know you got all these. You know, he was in all these big movies and the Hunger Games, and uh, he's got his own movies directing called Undying coming out in in a few months or whatever. But I was like, screw all that, dude. You were in a Star Wars, yeah. and no one can take that from you. What's that? Um, the Cobra Kai. Yeah, he was, yeah, in, he he was, was in Cobra. He was a cop in he was Cobra a cop Kai, in, which is uh, hilarious. Yeah. So, um, you know, he's done a lot of stuff, a lot yeah, of stunt so he's, work. And he's a singer he's for singer Early Dawn, Dawn as well, yeah. And, yeah. But he, he, you'll, you'd rec you'll recognize him from a lot of movies and TV shows and That's, stuff like that. That is really cool. Yeah, he's, that, he's, uh, he's hilarious. <laughs> he's his own character. Yeah. But, oh, my gosh. Um, 
you know, I got to tell you a story, which is, it's kind of funny. Um, I was at NAM. Uh, NAM, for those of you listening, NAM is a music, it's a place where it happens once a year in LA and they do one in Nashville, but I always play the one in, um, in LA. It's actually coming up this weekend, but because of COVID and the way that things changed, um, you know, they made it June and we had no idea. They called us up and said, do you, do you still want your spot? We would headline Saturday night on a big stage and there's about a thousand people that would come out and see us play for like six years in a row. And we weren't available to do it this year. But I remember pre-COVID, the last one we did, um, what was his name? It was a guy who booked our very first show as early dawn, and we were at the Ice Tie Cafe. What happening here? You happening Harry? <laughs> he walks up to me and he goes, "Man, you look you look familiar." And I'm like, "Hey, happening Harry?" I said, "You booked my very first show." I was standing on stage, and uh, I remember it was like 1993 in January yeah. or something, and I was young. I was, and what's ironic is both Heather and James, who were subsequent singers for Early Dawn, were yeah. in the audience that night. That's crazy. Well, we're doing our very first show. The place is packed. He remembers you guys would pack it in, yeah. and I'm like, yeah. And he goes, and you were not good, meaning me, <laughs> me. He goes, you, no. you were, and I'm like, hey. Yes, you were. And he goes, no. This is what he said to me, right? Shoot. You were not good. He goes, he goes. I said, cause he knew the man now he's like, he knew that, you know, Hey man. And he goes, Funny. I'm just saying you come a long way. <laughs> I walked away and Nicole's like, what a dick. <laughs> and I like, I go, well, in a way I wasn't, I just kept, I kept working at it. It was something that I wanted yeah. so bad. Well, we all improved quite a yeah, bit through I want, the years. But me, I wanted it so bad that, that I just kept working at it because you guys were so light years ahead of me. You know, as musicians, you went to school, you know, you went to college. It was a minor, you know, yeah. in what you did. So, But you always had it. You always thanks, had a great man. voice. You always had the charisma. You, it was just a matter of time it, it, and practice. I, and, yeah, it was practice. I yeah. needed But my brother said, hey, don't, don't believe him. Like, you didn't suck that bad. You guys filled that room. Like, every anytime he wanted a big show, he yeah. called you guys, and it would be packed. And I'm like, I don't know what it was. Well, what, what's another funny thing is... Uh, is later on we were playing this other uh, venue called Scruffy O'Shea's in Marina del Rey, and we had we had a packed house, and this was when um, Heather was singing, and uh, we but we we packed it in. We had celebrities. It was like a big a big show for us, and they kept we were the headliner, but they kept pushing us back and farther and farther uh, into the evening, and um, finally when we get up to play. We only got in like three songs and they're like, oh, we need to, cl we're closing. You know, oh, you wow. guys got in like, hey, people paid, you know, good money for these tickets and we right. packed the house and all. we're not, we're not going, what are you talking about? We're playing a full set. We're not going to screw our fans and stuff. Right. And so they're like, no, no, you're done. Like we got to get, we got to start closing up. We're done. We got pushed too late or whatever. And, and we're like, no, and we just kept playing. And eventually the sound guy shut our, our, uh, or tried to shut our stuff off and we kept and it got to the point where Inyo, our drummer, got in. The sound guy came up and tried to grab the drumsticks out of his hands, which you know Inyo, that, wow. was, that was not a good idea. So we were 
people were squaring off and it was like, and I started singing the song. I go, Scruffy sucks. And I had this ACDC lick in my head, sounding lick in my head. And I start going, dun, 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 Scruffy sucks. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> and ultimately the song uh, later became Swerve because everyone liked the groove of it. And then we're like, well, we can't call it Scruffy Sucks because so, that's a terrible <laughs> name for a song. And Jake's like, well, let's call it Swerve. And Heather came up with the melody. And to this day, that's our, our song that's been on the most TV shows and movies oh, wow. and backgrounds of stuff, our little mini hit or whatever. Um, it all coming from a, a uh, bad yeah, a, night. A moment. Yeah, bad a moment. moment. Exactly. But, but what I realized was, you know, like the next week when I saw people, uh, like coworkers will be like, I heard your show was phenomenal the other night. And I was like, well, you know, we played okay. It wasn't great. And then I realized the drama is what people love. That's, like, yeah. Show, yeah, yeah, I was like, your yeah, dad got, would have been proud. Well, yeah, right, yeah, your yeah, dad would have been like, proud. You guys like, did that on you purpose. Did it. You? Yeah, it was, yeah. It was all organic to use yeah. a more modern term or whatever. Exactly. You know, it, so your dad, your dad would have been yeah. proud. <laughs> right on. You know, but hey, let's call my mom. Uh, let's call uh, mom. Yeah, let's call my mama and see. What Brian's brother Cody has an incredible voice as well. Oh my uh, gosh, my brother is shows. my brother Cody is an amazing singer, yeah. and I I've talked about him on a couple of podcasts. Oh, yeah. Like he's uh, phenomenal. Hello, Shen. Hey, hey, Mama, how are you? No. Can you hear me? Hello. Hello. Oh, no, Hello. not again. Hello. 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 Oh my gosh. <laughs> you gotta be kidding. So you me. do a call mama segment? Yeah. That's so awesome. Yeah. I mean, come on. It's my mom. What what about your dad? Isn't you well know, my like, dad now we're calling my dad's chopped liver over here? Like yeah, he, old man liver, chopped liver. Hello, Shane. Can you hear me now? Yes, I can. Okay. So I'm sitting here. I've got the voice, producer Chase. Hey, hey. He says hello. And I'm good sitting evening, Yeah. Chase. She said good evening. <laughs> Uh, and I'm sitting here that. with the Stotzer. What's happening, Mama? Doctor, Doctor Stotzer. <laughs> no, Doctor Stotzer. That's, yeah, yeah. Doctor Stotzer is my dad. Yeah, that's exactly. I didn't go that far in school. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, I'm having a blast with your son here. So, <laughs> thanks for letting me borrow him. This is a lot, this has been a lot of fun. And how cool is it that your son has his own podcast show? I mean, no, what makes it cool, honey, is that he calls me at the end, end of every show. Now, that's the cool part. Right? <laughs> Including his mom in, in a podcast. That is awesome. You got some super cool points on that one there. That's killer. Because he's got a super cool mom. No, I agree. I, I, was just, I was just talking about how much fun you all. I mean, we've, we've hung out even when Brian and Cody aren't there. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, that's great. Uh, are you... Uh, got your new whiskey out? Yeah, yeah. So Brian's helping me promote the whiskey, and so uh, yeah, we're we're uh, it's online and old in man liver. States, but uh, I heard it's the only one good for your liver. Yeah, yeah, it actually helps your liver. Okay, so this is a funny thing. So I, I went to the, you know, like you said, I've been working at the Pioneer Saloon almost right. every day for like nine months or whatever it's been. So of course I've been eating the food there, and you know, uh, hot dogs and hamburgers and that kind of thing. So I went to the doctor like to do some insurance check up or whatever and I'm like oh crap what are my what are my numbers gonna I haven't really had a salad in, in nine months or whatever <laughs> although we do have salads now but um oh, the dude was like hey you had your first you're, you're my first perfect score of the day on all your numbers and I'm like really he's like you must really watch your diet and I'm like 
Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I watch a real. I didn't want to say I've been eating hot dogs and hamburgers for nine months, but apparently, changing to fresh beef or whatever we're doing is working. So, it, so the numbers a were shockingly good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's actually the whiskey elixir. Yes. So now you need a wagon to go from town to town and hire. A, right. A well, somebody. Yeah. During COVID, I, I was trying to do a commercial where I said, "Hey, you." Like the the liquor, it may cure COVID. You don't know. You can't. And then, of course, my publicists and attorneys wouldn't let me release it. Bastards. They just tell me what to do. He's got a publicist and, a, and 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 yeah, yeah. And I, have a, I have a team of attorneys that love to tell me what to do and charge me for yeah. it. Well, you keep putting me on the on the pod with you, Brian, and you may need one too. I I know, I know, huh? Yeah, because you're so yeah. popular, Mama. <laughs> Um, <laughs> hey, give dad our love and, um, and thank you for answering. Yes, well, I don't know. There's somebody, there's a spirit around here that does not want me to be on this cast with you, the broadcast. Yeah. It's, it's doing everything. It's a it ghost can. from the pioneer. I can hear you. I mean, I can't hear you, but you can hear me. Uh, well, so that's crazy. Yeah. Normally she doesn't pick up your calls. Except that's true. Just it's on the podcast, just on the podcast yeah. she answers. She tries to answer. No. Well, yeah. We, we, I love yeah. you. I love we, you too. Yeah. And Steven to everybody. Says, Steven says he loves you. Um, and uh, give dad our love. And we will talk to you soon. All right, mama. Well, tell him I said that I'm sorry he can't see me. <laughs> I hear he that. heard that. All right. Okay. Hey, All he right. brought he he brought everybody a bottle of, of whiskey today. So no, he e- didn't. Everyone scored. Um, you'll have we'll to have get to, yours in person. Yeah, we'll have to mail you yours. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> All right. I love you. Okay. I love you okay. too. Have a good evening. All right. Bye. Night, guys. Good night. <laughs> All right. Awesome. So th- that the segment of calling my mom. You know, um, <laughs> that's awesome. It actually kind of worked out. Um, what do you think of my logo? Dude, that's awesome. I was pointing it out, you know, before we started the, the show. I'm like, that's killer. Like, yeah. who, who created that for it's you? A, it's a friend of mine. You know, I, it's funny because I say I hate social media, but it's only because it takes so much work. It's like a you job. Hate social media when, when you have a podcast. I know. And it's YouTube channel. Exactly. I, and, but you need all these things, but it's, it's a full-time to. job it is. to try and keep up with all these things. But because of social media, I became a fan of this guy. And he does he does art of rock stars like some of my favorite rock stars I I saw them just he, pop up. He goes by rock and roll asshole. He, he does Rob it? Bourbon, as in <laughs> a drink. Hey, yeah, exactly. I like him. Rob Bourbon. I haven't met him he's, yet, but I like him. He's uh, Czechoslovakian, and uh, but he lives in Germany, and he did this for me for this. And uh, there's a shout out. Go follow Rob on Instagram, everybody. Um, I'm grateful to him. Uh, I'm grateful to. The Sticky Paw Studios, the whole team here is amazing. Thank you for bringing them That's, all a bottle of whiskey. Absolutely. That was that was amazing. Uh, John Orlando at Action Junkies, he got he gets his coming here real soon. And uh, Stephen, Stephen Stotts, owner of the Pioneer, <laughs> owner of all these different things, the guitar player for the band Early Dawn, who my cousin still loves to this day. <laughs> you you you're keeping her name alive. Absolutely. Uh, and, um, and she said she's coming to the show. She's too, coming so. to the show. You know, she's a nurse now, and she's just crushing it, awesome. saving people's lives. I'm proud Way of her. Way to go, early dawn. Um, but, Stephen, thank you, buddy. I thank love you, Brian. Thank I love you, you too. Thank, thank you for, for everything. Here. You're you're an inspiration 
in and of itself. So thank, thank you, you. Bud. Uh, so I'm having a good time, and I'm hoping that what we talked about, it may be a little bit of self-indulgent today because he's such a good friend, and we had so many stories. <laughs> oh, it's fun. But, but it was good therapy for me, too. Thank you. You know, it was, it was good for me. And um, so a shout and out. I'm just to a little bit aroused, just so you know, just, just being just, this close to you. Because he is very charismatic. <laughs> and it doesn't matter if you're male or female or otherwise. You, no one can get away from Brian's charisma, I'm telling you. Even the people in the other rooms and crap. I'm embarrassed and I'm uh, saying, flattered. You're, you're, and thanks, very, brother. <laughs> stay over touch there. touch myself. Stay over there. <laughs> so... Again, I want to thank everybody. Thank uh, Sticky Paw Studios, my boy Chase. Say goodbye to everybody, bud. See you later, guys. And uh, we will be back again. And I'm hoping that this helps you step into that little special world. You remember that you're the hero of your own story. You are the one capable of doing whatever it is that you want to work hard for. Steven is proof of that today. It, he didn't say no to a lot of things, obviously, and he takes on all these challenges. And I hope that what we talked about today helps you as well. And uh, I am Brian Hopkins, lead singer and songwriter of Elvis Monroe. If I didn't mention that earlier, I'm proud to, to be doing and chasing what I love to do. And I'm proud to have this podcast. Uh, this is a hero's journey, and we will talk to you soon. Chase that adventure, everybody. It's coming around, it's coming around to me.